by getting the baggy green, it was just a, a dream come true to be able to hold that beautiful trophy, the chef, the shield, you know, to hold it. And then John Cena gets out the car and I was like, oh, okay, well, okay. And then I wasn't really sure what was happening <laughs> and then I've just gone and got changed and come back out and then oh, there's all these kids running around and like, they're so pumped because John Cena's here. And I'm like, well, I'm a little bit pumped because I like, got to keep it professionally. Walking out to bat with Sachin at Wankiti Stadium, which is obviously Mumbai's premier stadium there. And um, yeah, I don't think I, uh, I came to. I think I was on, on another planet. And it's a very warm welcome to the very first edition of the Cricket Library Weekly. My name is Matt Ellis and joining us for each and every edition on a weekly basis, it's a very special welcome to Robbie McKinlay. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey Matt, great to be here mate and uh, really excited about uh, what's coming up and uh, yeah, obviously there's always plenty happening in cricket but um, yeah, we're going to try to pick apart some real interesting uh, pieces right across the uh, domestic cricket um, scene, uh, male and female, plus plenty of stuff happens in community cricket uh, amongst our volunteers and all that. So, yeah, we're just going to try to get a little, get a good snapshot of everything that happens in cricket. And, and you'll be our man on the ground. Uh, those, those of you who are listening would have most likely heard Robbie McKinlay on commentary uh, via Cricket Australia and KO uh, and other... Uh, online streaming services such as that. And, and Robbie will be back doing some WBBL commentary over the summer. So he'll be our man on the ground in the WBBL environment and really looking forward to, to covering that really closely. But Robbie, uh, we, we need to start w- with a bit of a somber, a somber tone, uh, a hero of ours, a, a hero of so many Australians uh, and cricket fans around the world left us last week, and we we just want to take this opportunity to to pay our respects to the the life and the career of Dean Mervyn Jones. Yeah, absolutely, Matty. We're, um, we're yeah, we're both like everyone was a bit shocked, you know, around about this time last week. But um, yeah, Dino, yeah, he was just a. Um, yeah, Matt, living down on the border like I do down in Albury, um, he, there's a lot of rivalry between New South Wales and Victoria, as you can imagine. And uh, he was a hero for Victorians, um, particularly when I was growing up and, uh, you know, and watching him play. He, the first uh, real chance people on the border down here to got to see Dean was on one of these many charity walks he did. He did a walk from the SCG to the MCG back in 2003 um, to raise funds for bone marrow. Uh, donor Institute, a 30-day trek. And, uh, yeah, it was great. He was joined by Alan Border and a lot of other um, dignitaries and cricket people. And was, <laughs> the interesting thing about that, it all started after a challenge from Sir Ian Botham, of all people, who suggested he had never seen an Australian walk during his career. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Dino and Alan Border got on got on board. And, um, in fact, Matt, uh, the main street of Aubrey is named Dean Street. And momentarily yeah, for a couple of hours, Aubrey City uh, changed the name of the street to Dino Street just uh, as a bit of a thank you and recognition for his fundraising and his efforts on the walk. But, yeah, and he, he had been through Aubrey a couple of times and was always generous with his time. So, yes, uh, to um, Jane and his family um, and to everyone in the cricketing world who was a, a big blow, um, yeah, um, Valet Dean Jones. Yeah, even, even almost a week on, Robbie, I... 
I just feel like it hasn't really sunk in yet. Uh, a massive loss uh, for so many. Uh, I, I grew up in uh, the 80s and 90s watching Dean Jones on the television. I had the size two county bat that I'd be batting with in the backyard and yeah, we, we, yep. we all wanted to be Dean Jones and he was an innovator. He he, he was a, a bit of a showman in some respects. Yep. So we, we loved we loved the way he played the game. He, he, he almost preferred to entertain uh, and, and give the people what they wanted in in, in that era and, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching him play. I enjoyed watching him play in shield cricket as well. I used to enjoy uh, getting to the SCG and, and watching shield cricket when it would come to yeah. Sydney and uh, always one of my favourites, Dean Jones. Um, and then statistically, you look at his record, uh, 52 mm. tests, uh, two double hundreds at 216 against the West Indies and then of course, of course, that ma- memorable one uh, in India where he put his body on the line for his country and yeah. uh, incredible uh, conditions there. His uh, 145, his highest score in ODIs, I, I remember that one well. And then 19,188 first-class runs, uh, 10,936 list A runs to go on top of his, his test runs and his ODI runs, uh, incredible, incredible cricketer and um, he will be very, very sadly missed. Yeah, I think, uh, Matt, sunning him up, he was an entertainer. So the moment um, Dean Jones walked through the gates from the change rooms, whether he was going out to field um, because he was such a brilliant fieldsman or he's going out to bat at number three where was his preferred spot, that was his stage and that's where he performed and he – did entertain, um, you know, and he was—he he was even great to watch in the field. So, and I th- it's interesting. I've, I've, you know, I've been listening back to a few um, interviews and podcasts with Dean Jones, and he—he's—I think it was his debut match in the West Indies at Port of Spain in Trinidad, where he made 48, I think it was, and he still says it was probably his best wicket. He, he reckons the wicket was as green as the centre wing on the MCG, and um, I think that that Test match was famous for Alan Border making 98 mm. and 100. Not out, and um, yeah, that was back in 1984. And so yeah, so yeah, great, um, great memories. Good, very, very good player, and a great Victorian. Hard nose. He grew up pretty hard. His old man Barney was a very hard taskmaster, um, and yeah, he 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 played it very hard. He he was introduced into the game in first class cricket and Test cricket in pretty tough circumstances. Mm. But um, yeah, he he pulled through. So a great loss. Yeah, and and all all of our listeners, no doubt, and uh, fans around the world, um, deeply saddened by the loss, and certainly from myself and 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 you, Robbie, we we pass out our sincere condolences to to everyone close to Dean. Um, yeah, we 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 will miss him. Absolutely. And much to the delight of cricket fans around the world, cricket is back on our television sets and our world champions, the world champions, the Australian women's cricket team have just won another T20 series, this time against New Zealand. And Robbie, it started very well. Actually, it started well uh, for my mum, 
this game being oh, on. Yeah. It was my mum's 70th birthday on uh, oh. Saturday. So happy birthday, mum. I know you do listen to the Cricket Library podcast and probably – Probably my mum is responsible for a bit of a spike in the stats from time to time, just just <laughs> tuning in to check it out. So happy happy 70th to my mum and uh, she's a massive fan of the Australian women's cricket team. She's a massive fan of Australian cricket, but uh, she takes particular interest in uh, the women's team. A 17-run yeah. win on mum's birthday, pretty pumped about that. Uh, uh, Ash Gardner really stole the show. She did actually. Um, Ash Gardner um, was able to clear the boundary, but 61 or 41 balls, uh, three times went over the, the rope. Um, she was good. They, the Aussies turned out to be a, a good score, six to 138. Uh, Sophie Devine, as usual, three for 18 or four overs. But what I thought the, the Aussies um, probably played it pretty well. They, they realised that they, um, they couldn't give up too much damage there. So her and Rosemary Mayer bowled extremely well. And it was a good score. And then the Aussies' bowling was absolutely outstanding, I thought, Matt. They restricted New Zealand to seven for 121. Obviously, when Devine and Susie Bates are in, you know, they're looking dangerous, but they were going at less than run a ball. Yeah. Uh, sorry, more than run a ball. Uh, you know, like Susie Bates, 33 or 38. Devine, 29 or 34. You know, a few overs adding up there. You can shoot four for 23. Uh, was outstanding. And I thought all the Australian bowling bowlers were fantastic and Ash Gardner deserving player of the match. Yeah, I, I, I'm a massive AK Gardner fan. Uh, that's probably no secret to anyone. I really admire the way she plays the game and she just eyed off that tree at <laughs> Cow Corner and it's like, it's like she was um, – been asked by the council to do a bit of pruning over there. I said, look, look, Ash, if you don't mind, just just hit a few over yeah. into the tree over there and, and lop a bit off the branches. So a great, a great result for Australia there, winning by 17 runs. Uh, New Zealand in game two on Sunday. Now, they, they won the toss and bowled on Saturday. Thought, all right, well, yeah. let, let, let's see how we go. Uh, batting first this time, and, and and that didn't work either, unfortunately, for the New Zealanders. Sophie Molyneux uh, claiming player of the match honours in this one with a with a very impressive display. Yeah, I thought this was um, the Australia's most impressive performance of the three matches. Um, yeah, the Kiwis, they just had them under control all the way. Well, Amy Stathwaite really was the only one, uh, you know, the left-hander, Beautiful batsman to watch, but bad to watch, Matty. Uh, 30 off 25 balls. But again, it was um, Delissa Kimmins uh, and Georgia Wareham. Both took three wickets each. And as you said, Sophie Molyneux um, backed it up with two wickets. Just pulled beautifully. And then the Aussie run chase was a good one. Alyssa Healy came out and made 33 off 17. And that just took the game away from New Zealand, I thought. Um, Beth Mooney, as usual, 24. And it's funny... Beth Mooney can bat at different paces if she likes. If Healy gets going, Mooney's happy to sit back, get singles, and put Healy on strike. Uh, or if, if you know if Healy goes early, which can happen with the way Alyssa plays, um, Mooney then takes over that role. Then the two experienced campaigners, Rachel Haynes, 40 out, Meg Lanning, 26 not out. The Aussies got home, only lost two wickets with 20 balls to spare. Um, I think they could have really posted the score. They were probably looking to score around 170, Matt, if they had gone the whole journey. But um, that was a really, really impressive win to, by the Aussies. And the bowling at game was outstanding. 
Yeah, and a, a couple of great catches in the outfield from Nicola Carey in in there as well. Yeah. Really athletic, uh, technique exemplary, and that's that's kind of the thing that we've come to expect from the Australian women's cricket team. Their their fielding is up a couple of notches, isn't it? Um, yeah. And Nicola Carey demonstrating that on the weekend and a milestone for uh, Alyssa Healy with her dismissals, putting her at the top, oh, of, yeah. top of the tree. Uh, remarkable record, a, a really good pair of hands. There's some pretty good keepers uh, we've seen. Uh, uh, Sarah Taylor from England, absolutely phenomenal with the gloves. One, one, one of the, one of the better uh, keepers uh, we've seen in the women's game, but uh, Alyssa Healy, going to the top of the list for dismissals in both men's and women's uh, world t- or T20 uh, events and um, a great result for her and a great result for Australia. But on Wednesday, uh, I was working on Wednesday, Robbie, and I, I didn't catch this game live, but New Zealand, they got the job done with three balls to spare. Well, Matt, as you know, um, I've, I've had a... a- Got a few days off, so I took the uh, got got the jobs done around the house and made sure I settled in. Watched this game, and uh, it was a good one. I thought a, a really good performance in the Kiwis. In fact, Matt, they snapped a thirteen game losing streak to Australia. So wow. I, I just I couldn't believe how long it had been. I thought it might have been half a dozen, seven or eight, perhaps. But um, yeah, thirteen games. So I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, the Aussies never really got going with the bat. Uh, again, Ash Gardner was probably the most impressive. 29 off 21 balls. Meg Lanning, um, yeah, 21 off 23 balls. Um, Sophie Molyneux, 18 off 17 balls. But uh, the bowling game was superb. The Kerr girls, Amelia, oh. 2 for 18. Jess Kerr, no, it didn't take a wicket, Matt, but super impressive. No wickets for 15. Uh, going for well under a run of ball. The girls were fantastic. Um, and then it Set up. I, I always thought that was going to be a tricky score to chase, Matty, and it, it, it nearly it proved that. It was only really some late hitting by uh, that young lady again, Amelia Kerr, who made 18 of 10 balls yeah. and um, got the Kiwis home because the Kiwis started pretty well. Then Australia came back, a brilliant run out from Rachel Haynes. Sapphire game was impressive, got 30 off 25. Devine, 25. Katie Martin, 23. There is a player to watch. I'm a massive fan of Katie Martin. And uh, then, of course, Kurt came in and got the job done with three balls to spare. Um, well, Megan Shute bowled the last over. And, uh, yeah, they performed well. But, but there's, the Aussie bowlers, the game was really good. That's been a, the highlight of my series for mine has been the bowling of the Australians. Jess Jonathan won for 15 or four overs. Mm. And the leggy. Georgia Wareham. Now, I know you've got a bit of a soft spot for leg spinners. Oh, Two for 19. <laughs> the young Victorian continues to impress. Yeah, she certainly does. Uh, I, I do I do have a soft spot for leg spinners. Uh, spinners spinners uh, have a, an unenviable task at times, having <laughs> to try and toss it up there. And particularly in the in the shorter formats of the game, that, they've been quite productive. And uh, Amelia Kerr today for New Zealand, Got it right with the ball and the bat. Mm. And uh, we've got a 50-over series coming up, Robbie. I'm really excited about this coming up uh, very, very soon. The three-game series, Australia and New Zealand, 
Do you think this gives New Zealand a bit of momentum uh, going in? We've got games on the 3rd, the 5th and the 7th of uh, October all happening up there at yep. the Allen Border Field. Uh, how, how are you seeing it pan out? Yeah, I think so, Matt. I think both sides are going to really enjoy just settling into the longer format. Um, Kiwis, I thought, will take so much out of the win on Wednesday against the Aussie girls. Just a few of their, you know, like I said, players like Katie Martin, Amelia Kerr are starting to come into it, even Jess Kerr. Um, Rosemary Mayer has bowled well throughout the, the T20 series. So I think they presents a great opportunity. I know we know how strong the Aussies are, but the likes of Sophie Devine, um, you know, if they can sort of settle in there. Susie Gates, I reckon there's a big score coming around the corner for her. I think you'll find that it'll be probably a pretty high scoring. Um, I think, you know, over the fifty overs you're gonna be looking around that two twenty, two thirty mark yes. for most of these games to probably try to win it. Um, I guess Australia, um uh, Elise Perry still has some ongoing issues with her hamstring, so mm. Whether we're going to get to see her out there on the at Allen Border Field, where all three matches will be played again, um, but I'm oh, thoroughly enjoying. Love the T20, um, the free games. Uh, it got a lot of me over the weekend, I must admit. And I think um, the, the ODIs is going to be just um, yeah, a great way as we welcome the, the summer of cricket ahead of us. We've got a massive one, but the girls are so good to watch. The, the, these two teams. There's not that much between them. There's a lot of depth in that New Zealand side, mm. Matty. Um, I, I think this one, will, it'll be a 2-1 result, um, and I'll, I'll go with the Aussies again. But, yeah, can't wait for it. Yeah, it's it's mouthwatering stuff, isn't it? It's so good to see uh, Australia do battle with New Zealand uh, in any sport, but particularly at the moment, the the cricket has been absolutely outstanding. And we will wrap up those games, of course, next week on the Cricket Library Weekly. We will, Matt. And uh, I look forward to that. As um, Yeah, it, it's this time of year. Once you hit October, uh, it, it's great because, we, well, we know Sydney Grey Cricket kicked off um, last weekend. And, uh, yeah, once October rolls in, there's plenty of excitement. You know, we've got the, we're going to touch on a little bit later in the show. The IPL is off and running. Um, getting really, really close to that uh, WBBL uh, fixture sort of locked away, which would be good. Um, you know, think, think the way things are happening, things are turning in Victoria with, um, you know, with case numbers, which is encouraging. Hey, they're still talking about um, potentially a Boxing Day test going ahead down there. That which is, would be just it'd be such a boon and a great lift for Victoria because, that, gee, they've done it tough um, down there. You know, we, it's amazing, Matty, living on the border, I said again here in Albury, and if you just go across the mighty Murray River into Wodonga, and things have changed a lot. You know, it's a, it's a, just a different way of life. Um, we're winning, we're winning, we're getting there, and um, thank goodness for cricket because uh, the, the great coverage we're seeing on of cricket on TV and through other for, um, means, it's, it's great for everyone. So it's going. I think we're in for a massive season of cricket, particularly participation of the game. All clubs are reporting right across Australia so much interest in the game, which is going to be fantastic because football winter codes got knocked around a fair bit. There's a thirst for sport and cricket's the one you want to get into. Yeah, and of course, playcricket.com.au. If you're a budding cricketer out there and you want to find your local club, that is the place to do it. And no doubt there'll be lots of people signing up for their local clubs around the country we're going to be back in just a moment to talk some ipl but first we're going to check in 
with our intrepid cricket librarian who's been putting together some cricket-themed haiku poems. I think you'll love this, Robbie. I love this, man. Grass is freshly cut. The wicket is a belter. We are bowling first. Well, that is some compelling stuff there. For wow. <laughs> that really has changed the tempo. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a bit too uh, reflective as we, as we come to talk about the IPL, Robbie. But uh, stay tuned. There's more of that uh, haiku gold coming uh, in the coming weeks on the Cricket Library Weekly. And uh, there's a few videos doing arounds on the Cricket Library YouTube channel where you can hear more of that if you enjoyed that. Now, the IPL, uh, Robbie, it has been turning out some absolute barn burners. And we, we have seen some incredible cricket being played. And there's a few Aussies over there getting... Getting in amongst it as well. Yeah, they have. Actually, um, I tell you what's been great. Um, Steve Smith, um, who missed the the back end of that uh, the English tour, has been back out on the field, more particularly with the bat in hand, and a couple of fifties, which mm. is just great because um, yeah, it's just it's just a bit of two nervous moments when I was Smith missing. Um, I guess for a concussion with a head knock, he took in the nets. I think so. Um, over in England, but uh, yeah, Smitty come out and got um, back-to-back 50, which is fantastic. But hey, Matt, for mine, and I'm not sure if you've seen this. I'm, I'm sure you would, knowing your um, your ability to uh, track down great moments in cricket. What about the fielding display by Nicholas Poran? Oh my Indian? word, that was absolutely oh, incredible. Oh, for the Kings eleven, his amazing save. I think Harsha Bogle, the great Indian commentator, he was describing he was almost two meters over the boundary rope, took the catch, but had to couldn't take it because his momentum was taking him into almost into the you into know the, advertising the next orders. country. Yeah. <laughs> and he and he, he he had to throw the ball back up, but he, Sanju Sampson had absolutely laced the ball over the boundary line. He had six written all over it. And uh, yeah, flicked it back in for one run. <laughs> it was just oh. sensational. If you if you haven't seen it, uh, people, you must do it because you will not see a better piece of fielding anywhere. I, I, it's the best I've ever seen, Matt. I must have said. Yeah, it, it, it was incredible. Absolutely incredible stuff. And uh, who who are some of the other Aussies uh, you enjoy watching in the IPL, Robbie? I. I Good disclosure out there that I'm a, a massive Sydney Thunder fan, so I've always got a quiet eye on the Thunder links. So even though Shane Watson's no longer playing for the Thunder, I do check out what's happening with the Super Kings. Uh, Chris Green's another one I'm, I'm keen to see in action. And uh, Daniel Sams hasn't had a chance to roll the arm over yet for the Delhi Capitals, but former guest on the Cricket Library podcast, uh, a lovely human being, and having the opportunity to be there at the IPL, would he'd just be soaking up every minute of that, Dan Sams. Um, but another one I like to watch is um, Glenn Maxwell. And um, mm. he's, he's not a Thunder player, but I, I love GJ Maxwell. <laughs> and 
He does have the ability to turn a game on its head and uh, hoping to see him light it up in the IPL in the coming weeks for the Kings eleven Punjab. Yeah, he played. Uh, he had a short innings uh, a couple of days ago. He, he might have been described. Well, it was a, I think it's the biggest run chase in IPL history. Mm. Um, Maxie, um, Glenn Maxwell sides the, the Kings eleven Punjab. They posted two for two hundred and twenty-three. Uh, Maxie was thirteen not out at the end, just off nine balls uh, against the Rajasthan Royals. And then, uh, whoa, hallelujah! <laughs> the run chase was just breathtaking. Um, Steve Smith, he came out, he opened the batting. He made 50 off 27. Uh, as I said, it was his second 50 of the tournament. And um, believe it or not, the Rajasthan Royals got up uh, 6 for 226, which is some phenomenal cricket played. And, uh, yeah, I, I tell you what, the UAE as a host um, are, are producing some really good pitches. Plenty, I'm not sure if it's good fun for bowlers. Oh, I was just about uh, to say who who would oh, who would be putting their hand up the bowl at the death in uh, the IPL these days? You'd be oh no way. Try, no, try and get a bowl some stage before <laughs> panic stations hit. Well, and so man, that was a, a great result there for um for Smitty's um, Rajasthan Royals who won both their games. But one of the more bizarre um, sort of any results and stats to come out of the the week was um. Uh, Virat Kohli, the Royal Charger Bangalore, they had a win in a super over, so mm. we've had two super over wins. But Kohli, um, before Kohli went out and actually hit the winning runs in the super over, but when they batted the first time, his first innings, uh, Virat for the for the Bangalore, he made three off eleven balls. Yeah, which was yeah, and he was, and he just sort of went to a little a soft sort of well, not really soft. Can't say that when he's best probably best bat in the world, but just a short ball short hit to cover. Out he went. Um, yeah, it was quite bizarre, but uh, Cole, is a, Cole is a champion. That, that was a great result. That um, Adam Zampa, he played in that game as well. Got one for 53 off his four overs. With, you know, and that probably just sums up how tough it was bowling uh, in those conditions. Um, yeah, because he's obviously playing the same side as Virat Kohli. And we all know Virat Kohli has a lot of respect for Adam Zampa because... Um, yeah. He's managed to knock him over a couple of times, hasn't he? Yeah, Zamps has produced the goods uh, for Coley on a number of occasions in the ODI format and great to see him get an opportunity to play some IPL. Of course, coming back across yeah. to New South Wales uh, this year, Adam Zampa, and really looking forward to seeing him flourish this summer. Well, Robbie, we are going to take another quick break and in, in the break I'm just going to play you – uh, something from the Cricket Library podcast earlier this year. We had a chat with Leah Poulton, who uh, played for Australia and New South Wales, and she's now uh, heavily involved in in cricket uh, still to this yeah. day. And and she's just going to share something here about Belinda Clark, and then we're going to have a little bit of a oh, chat yeah. about it after this. So I'll hit the right button here, and we'll hear what. Leah has to say about Belinda Clark and then we'll share some of our thoughts as well in just a moment. Yeah, Belinda was definitely, I mean, growing up really young, um, it was unfortunate that, that there was just no women's cricket in the media or on TV. So Belinda Clark was off doing her thing and captaining Australia um, and I knew nothing about her until I got a bit older and, and entered some of those squads, the 17s and 19s pathway teams. So... Um, but once I did know who Belinda Clark was, um, she certainly was a, a role model for me. Um, she was a top order bat. Um, 
she was, uh, you know, just an amazing technician in how she played. But she, the thing about Belinda was she's such a great leader. Um, and she actually emailed me out of nowhere. I, I didn't even think she knew my name. But when I first made the New South Wales squad, um, she she was actually, she just moved to Victoria and she wrote me an email and said, you know, it's great that someone else from Newcastle is, is now playing for New South Wales and all the best with it. And I thought um, that sort of says a lot about what sort of person she was um, for us to have not even really met properly, but for her to know who I was and know a bit about the region and just following cricket um, in the Newcastle area. I think, it, yeah, it sort of speaks what a great leader she is and how, how invested she is. In well, on the money there, Leah Poulton, with her assessment of Belinda Clark, what what a hero of women's cricket she has been. 15 tests for Australia, just under 1,000 runs, two test centuries, six half centuries, 118 ODIs, uh, 229 not in an ODI, her highest score, 500s, 30 half centuries, uh, an incredible Career. She just played the one T20 international, so she's played across all three formats. And not only her playing, Robbie, uh, you you can probably share uh, some more of of the work she's done for cricket from, like, even what we heard there then about emailing Mm. someone like Leah when she's made it. Uh, And so the girl that grew up in Newcastle, and she's done it all on and off the field. Yeah, that, that's a. I had a note written of that, Matty. Her contribution to the game from start to finish, on the playing field and off the playing field, has been exemplary, and it's just been outstanding. Obviously, started with cricket New South Wales, and then uh, started with cricket Australia, um, and her contribution to community cricket or game development, as it was called when Belinda first started with it. Um, she's just had this ability. She's been able to move it with the times, particularly the uh, in around um, entry level cricket and a lot of new programs and innovations, and of course the girls' game. The mm. introduction of that has just been amazing. And what I what I always like about um, Belinda, what her, one of her great tributes as a leader is her ability to she can she can run with the kings and queens, and she can run with the you know the volunteers out in the back of Burke. That she's that's the type of person and. I know, Matt, you and I have had some lovely experiences with Belinda where we've, uh, we've been maybe up at Monica Oval, places like that, to um, you know, uh, good content matches. Yeah. You know, and Belinda obviously has a lot of commitments with um, hierarchy, government and officials. But the minute she spots you in the crowd or somewhere or doing something, she always would make time, come over and have a chat. And, and you know, and it was, yeah, that's, that's the thing that, that really stands out with me with Belinda She's um, yeah, very loyal person, and she's very supportive of um, people who are trying to make it make their way through cricket. But yeah, and, and the other thing too, Matt, I thought what um, Belinda was able to do, she was given a, a very important role uh, post Cape Town, let you know, yeah. sandpaper gate, whatever you want to call it, and um, her role in uh, integrating a changing culture uh, that we've seen from our national team, our men's national team. Um, has been uh, very significant because it, it's got her fingerprints all over it. And, um, yeah, we once again, we're all very proud of our national uh, men's team be- because it had lost a bit of uh, focus there for a while and, and, and just disappeared a bit. Uh, Belinda and her team were able to drag it back and she played a very big part in that. And, uh, yeah, so – but she might be lost to cricket. She might maybe not officially work in the CA, but 
there's plenty of exciting things coming up. And um, yeah, it's probably it's probably a great result for um, young female cricketers out there because there's going to be this unbelievable mentor just having a little bit more impact. Um, you know, not only not really some grassroots, but through that pathway. So yeah, well played, BC. You're a, a bloody legend. Yeah, couldn't agree more, Robbie. Uh, wonderful, wonderful servant of the game and uh, no doubt will have her legacy continue on after she's yep. officially pulled stumps with Cricket Australia in November. Well, Robbie, we have come to the end of our very first edition of the Cricket Library Weekly. It has been a lot of fun and I'm so glad we get to do this on a weekly basis. The people, uh, we had had a lot of people sort of touch base and say, yeah, we love the interviews on the Cricket Library podcast. We'd love to hear from you on a more regular basis. Well, this summer, that's what we're doing. So through, from now through till the end of the Australian summer, you'll be able to catch up with all the latest. Uh, Robbie and myself checking in, uh, We'll probably catch up Wednesday nights at this stage, but as as the season unfolds, we may slightly tweak the day of the week that we catch up and get you the latest. Uh, all the happenings, uh, not just the elite level stuff, uh, but also cricket in the community. We'll keep you across yep. all of that. And uh, Robbie, I'm really looking forward to the summer ahead. Oh, I'm really excited, Matty. In fact, um, you know, if you have to uh, twist my arm, yeah, we could do it. We, we could do it nightly, not weekly. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to have a quiet word to E.E. E. Ellis about that, Robbie. Yeah. Maybe stretching the friendship there a little bit at home, but uh, certainly... I'm the same. Certainly, yeah. Yeah, certainly uh, a very exciting summer ahead and looking forward to bringing you our insights uh, for what they're worth each and every week here on the Cricket Library Weekly and the the usual interviews will happen throughout the summer as well so we're hoping to have guests on here as well uh, which which will give you a bit of a a touch point with the people on the ground closest to the action well a massive thanks to you Robbie a massive thanks to all our listeners please make sure you hit the subscribe button hit the like button Uh, share it out there on your social networks Uh, check out Robbie's other podcast as well the glory days podcast it's an absolute cracker Um, if you're a a local sports club uh, have a listen to that and some of the work Robbie's doing there Uh, it could be something that you might like to do at your club as well thank you again Robbie and looking forward to catching up throughout the summer oh it's been a pleasure Maddie. and uh, hey stay safe and keep smiling you guys let's have some fun (laughs) 